Welcome to Church in the Basement, where we seek to see God more clearly and to live a life loving God and loving others. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the miraculous story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. We are in John 11. And last week, we talked about how Jesus makes reference to Lazarus falling asleep. And he confirms that Lazarus, yes, was physically dead as the disciples lean in. But he says he has fallen asleep. So I go to awaken him. And this is... This lines up and is consistent with even some terminology that Paul makes, or even when Stephen is stoned to death in Acts 7, that that the Bible describes the, the passing of a believer, one who walks in the way of Jesus, is as falling asleep. Because death has no grip on us anymore. And this is important to understand as we build up to what the miracle that Jesus is going to do as well as for our lives as we view Jesus, as we see Jesus, as we follow him and walk with him in life. How does Jesus view death as falling asleep? That it's something that he has power and dominion over. And so we, we gave Thomas a little bit of credit that in, in his loyalty to Jesus that we see at the end of the passage we were in last week, verse 16, that he is willing to go wherever Jesus wants to go because he is loyal to the one who can awaken sleepers. And now we are in verse 17 and we're not quite to the miracle of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, but we are approaching it. Um, And in verse 17, Jesus gets to Bethany and has an interaction with Martha. So in verse 17, it says this. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Amazing interaction that as Martha comes out desperate, she sees Jesus. Jesus arrives in Bethany and Martha comes out to meet Jesus and says, Lazarus is dead. If you were here, this faith and this confidence in Jesus saying, saying, if you were here, he wouldn't have died. 
because you are the miracle worker. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. This tremendous faith in the person of Jesus. And God assures, Jesus assures her, your brother will rise again. But the interesting place that we go here, that we tend to go to as human beings is, is she goes to the end, to the promise. And, and many of us, I was just listening to a podcast that uh, the Bible Project did a number of years ago about the soul. And they were talking about the, the biblical word for soul is nefesh. And actually that word, if you look at it in the context of scripture, that, that it is used as not something that is detached from our physical bodies, but something that is completely fused. And many times we feel like we have this floaty part of us that detaches from us in the end and is, is not necessarily a part of us which uh, I hope I'm not losing some of you here, but but it was just this interesting deep dive. And I think we do this same thing, just like Martha, that that like in the end, eventually, like my floaty part will be saved or he will rise again in the end. We get so hopped up on the end times or when where heaven is in the future and and we focus in on eschatology and and what's going to happen later and what is heaven what is the new earth what are these things that are good things to know and to keep keep in our mind and be mindful of jesus said be mindful of the times as he leans into end time things but in this moment she's saying yes i know he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day and Jesus calls her to this moment right here and right now he says i am the resurrection and the life i am the resurrection and the life and notice he isn't talking from here on out he isn't talking about future tenses in future tenses he says whoever believes in me whoever believes in him his person he is calling her attention to him Though he lives, though, oh, though he dies, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. So he's going back to this idea that we talked about last week, that we don't, uh, when we walk in the way of Jesus, we don't die. We simply fall asleep. And I'm not going to dive into, I know I brought that up about the nefesh, but we're, we're, or our soul. I'm not going to get into what that looks like to be risen uh, uh, again in the future, in the last days, what that's going to look like or after we die. Um, but I want to draw your attention to what Jesus is saying right here, right now in this moment. As he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And he's calling her to believe in this present life right now, this resurrection that he offers right now. And this 
for some reason this week drew me to this, uh, it made me remember Luke and Luke 23, um, where Jesus is up on the cross and he's up there with two criminals. And at this time, there's this crowd that is mocking him and jeering him and saying, if you are really the Christ, if you are really the king of the Jews, he has a sign above his head that says king of the Jews as he's being mocked saying, if you are really the savior of the world, you could save yourself right now. Little did they know he was up there saving them from their wickedness. And Jesus, as he hangs on the cross, there is a man next to him who chimes in with the crowd. And he says, yeah, Jesus, why don't you save yourself and save us in the process? And the man on the other side rebukes this other criminal. And he says this. This is in in Luke 23, verse 40. It says, Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation and we indeed justly for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man, talking about Jesus, this man has done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. And he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So this criminal looks at Jesus and he, he declares him as the true king. He says, when you come into your kingdom, I have faith that it is your kingdom. When you come into your kingdom, would you remember me? Would you just remember me? Because he sees power in the person of Jesus. Not this thing that's going to happen in the future, but in the person of Jesus. And Jesus responds with a present promise. Truly, I say to you, today, you will be with me in paradise. You will be with me in paradise. Today. This is the Jesus who had not ascended yet. This is before the the Spirit of God falls on those who were waiting and panicking because Jesus had ascended. This is before the Spirit had fallen on the people of God. This is before Jesus had ascended into heaven. Jesus is saying, today you will be with me in paradise. The interesting thing about this statement is when when the Bible was translated into Greek, it's called the Septuagint. This word for paradise, many of us would go to heaven, right? We would go to this place in our mind, this heaven, this the place where the floaty part of us goes, right? But paradise, what was used in the Septuagint was actually the same word used for the Garden of Eden. For the Garden of Eden. So truly I say to you today, you will be with me in the garden. What a beautiful picture that Jesus is saying, because you see me as king, because you simply want me to to see you and remember you, today you will be with me in the garden. So it draws us back to Genesis 1, where, where Jesus, where God created, he 
breathe life into every living thing, the beautiful plants, the animals, man himself. And because of this amazing relationship that God and and man had, he said, be fruitful and multiply, multiply my worship. Would you glorify me through your lives? Would Would your purpose be to magnify my glory? Because they were so connected, they were so together, and sin had come between them at the fall. When man chose to worship himself instead of God, sin came between them. And later on, God structures even the temple. Even the temple where Israel would go to worship and and make sacrifice to God to make things right with God. There was this large curtain that would separate. It, It was like this curtain was representative of our sin, that it would separate the, the place where we can meet with God, the holiest of holies, the place where God is, where his presence is, from the place where we have to deal with our sin first. They would literally tie a rope to the ankle of the one who would go into the holiest of holies because if, if the process wasn't done right, they were afraid that they would be struck dead by the holiness, by the glory of God because of the sin on them. That is the severity of sin in our lives. And, and what, what Jesus is saying here to the man is today you will be with me. It's, it has nothing to do with the location. It has everything to do with the relationship that he is promising this criminal on the cross. And the relationship that he is promising Martha When he says, I am the resurrection and the life, those who believe in me do not die, but they attain life. They will live. They will truly live. The amazing thing about Luke 23, as he makes this statement to this criminal, he has not yet ascended. He's got got days before he, he raises from the grave, before he even he comes back to life himself. But the amazing thing, moments after he makes this statement to this man, today you will be with me in paradise. We will go back to Eden and we will have a relationship. The veil in, that, in the temple, the veil, the thing that separates us from God, this representative symbol of, of the separation between us and God, it rips all the way down. It is completely broken. That there is no separation. When Jesus takes his last breath, that is the power of the cross. That through the cross, we can have relationship with God right now. We can be resurrected. We can have life in him. That this life isn't some place we get to go in the future. It is a person who we get to be with, and his name is Jesus, and he is God. He is the vessel of all creation. He is one with the Father, and, and his spirit now lives inside of us, that this separ- the separation is not a thing anymore, but we can live in him, that we get life, that we can be supplied and resurrected by him, that we are brought from dead, necros in Ephesians 2, to life. And the life we find is in him. The life we find is in him. 
as we talked last week about we do not die, but we simply fall asleep. If we were just awakening from our sleep to just another place, there, there's, there's nothing to that. There's nothing significant about that. But God created us and he crafted us for a relationship. And what we awaken to is God and relationship with him. When, when, it says, when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, the Greek word for life is zoe. And yes, there is a general sense of that word, zoe, that it is just life. But there's another aspect of that word that is the fullness of life. The fullness of life. And Jesus is calling Martha in this moment. I am not, we are not looking to this resurrection in the future, this place. But I want you to look at me. That I am the fullness of life. That I will awaken you to the fullness of life. Come and walk with me. Come and be with me. And for those of us who, those of you who are listening and myself included, I've been wrestling with this all week. Am I, am I focused? Am, am I excited about this place I get to go? Or am I excited right now in this moment, the person of Jesus that I get to be with, that I get to experience what life is with him, the fullness of life right now that the Father pours out blessing on me through his Son and, and empowers me with his Spirit to live true life right now. Jesus has given you the fullness of life. Those of you who believe and walk in the way of Jesus, and for those of you who don't, believe because the fullness of life is close. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So would you repent? Would you turn from your sin? And would you come to Jesus and experience the fullness of life? It is the most amazing life you can live because he is the most amazing God. Time and time again, he will bring life to the dead places. He continues to do it in my life and he can do it in yours. Be encouraged that you walk with the one who has resurrected you and who brings the fullness of life to a life and a world that is full of death. He is our prize. He is the promise and he is the reward. Hey, I love you guys. Have a great weekend. We'll talk again next week. I'm looking forward to it.